Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Uh, You have people who are concerned down in Tempe and maybe even more specifically the ASU campus after a, we believe now a student, member of the ASU community is how it was originally. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, A student uh, tested positive for the coronavirus after visiting and coming home from China. Yeah. So we've also now been hearing some stories of other students who had gone back to Wuhan, China for the break, the fall, you know, the the winter break over the holidays, came back in early January and maybe have had a fever, went to student health services, had gotten tested, were quarantined in, you know, in their room for an extended period of time until the test came back and they came back negative. Okay. We've also heard from other students who, again, were back in China for fall break, who came back with with a cough and some sniffles, and who, who haven't even been tested at the student health services. So okay. it, it has a lot of folks on campus going, well, who are you testing? Who aren't you testing? Fair. Should you test everybody who's been back from China, even though they don't have a fever and some of the symptoms? And, and some folks are just feeling as though ASU isn't doing enough. To which I ask, what does enough look like? Yeah. Because everybody's definition of Enough is different. And I I, I genuinely believe that the university is in a tough position right now. Okay. They're kind of like, you know, um, if we do this, we're screwed. If we do that, we're screwed. And they've let people know. You have to let them know that we've got this case. But can you give the, the person's name, their address, and maybe like student ID number to check out which classes they've gone to? No, you can't do that. And in the absence of information, people fill in the blanks themselves. Yes. And I think and, that's and, where you're getting the panic. And make and and make things up to be much worse than they are, because we have repeatedly pointed out that the coronavirus, uh, while spreading in China and while uh, uh, leading to deaths in China, ha- has not done so in the United States. And over the time, the last couple of weeks that we have been talking about the coronavirus, influenza has actually killed a lot of people. And you know what? I picked my daughter, Riley, up from school. She's in the fourth grade on Friday. And we had an extensive conversation on the drive home about coronavirus. Not because I'm bringing it up, but because she at 10 is bringing it up. Why is she bringing it up? Why? Not because I'm talking about it at home, but because kids at school are talking about really? it. Really? It's and a so topic. She says, Mom, I'm sure you know what's going on. Have you heard wow. of this, this like, corona? Th- uh, yes, dear. Yes, I, I know. And I'm like, where are we going with this? Let's find out. And she's like, you know, everyone's saying you're going to die if you get it. Whoa. And so we, we had a really interesting conversation. and That's uh, pretty heady, I mean, to get from Riley. Uh, How old's Riley again? She's 10. 10 years old. If I get this, I'm going to die. And, she, and she's like, and, we, and, and, and somebody at ASU has it. Right. She now, and for her, she's connecting together. the dots. Mom Absolutely. went to ASU. I went to the ASU U of A it's game. Down the street. Am, am I going to die? Got you know, it. you see like how a 10 year old minds work. Uh, sadly, yes. And I said, you know what? Uh, where do you want to begin? What do you want to know? And she asked great questions like, where did it start? You know, how do you get it? Okay. And, and, and we went through this kind whole of analytical yes. approach to it, well, as I would expect from Riley. Yeah, she takes after her dad in that regard. And what, what I kind of took away from it is is she asks me, she goes, well, why are kids saying you're going to die from it if you're not going to die from it? Because she's very black and white. If it's yeah. not true, why are they saying it? And I told her, I said, you know what, honey? I would venture to say a lot of their parents are reading about this. And when I say reading, I say skimming. 
And I've told her, I said, you know, we, we've had some challenges with some of those reading summaries that you've had that Uh-oh. you you just kind of skim it and you're not you're not reading it thoroughly Uh-oh. and you need to stop and read everything. And she goes, yeah, yeah I, know. I said, well, adults do that, too. And they, they famously do it with news stories. So they'll read headlines, they'll skim articles and they won't know the truth of what's truly going on. And then they talk about it in front of kids and kids only pick up every third or fourth word that mom and dad are saying, because frankly, they don't think this is stuff is interesting. But they get a little bit of information. And I said, so so people aren't fully informed. And she goes, why are they talking about it if they're not fully informed? <laughs> oh, oh, from your mouth. Oh, the yeah. mouth of babes. Yes. I, uh, uh, because you, you can see that there have been a lot of headlines from things like the World Health Organization, the uh, 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 CDC. And, and you might just see coronavirus, um, pandemic, epidemic, deaths, and you don't. You can't put it in context of, okay, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. What are the real chances of this? Sure. And when you're just, again, reading headlines and you're on Twitter and you're on Facebook and you're not Don't. you're not comprehending and critically thinking about these things, it's easy to get scared Agreed. about them. Agreed. And there was a situation that happened at ASU recently that I, I think is just worth at least acknowledging. Student down there, uh, Liv Cowherd. Okay. She's actually an ASU sophomore. Yeah. And, and, and the daughter of... Uh, you know the the radio commentator Colin Calhart. You probably know who he oh, is from Espen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, she had posted. Yeah. She she had posted on her Twitter feed of which. She's an influencer, you know what I mean? She, she's got no. she's got over a hundred thousand followers, yeah. kind of thing, right? She, she, nothing to do with her dad. She wrote this. Yeah. ASU being number one in innovation? Question mark. Yes, sir. Look at us go. Being the first university in the country to have the coronavirus on our campus. Remarkable. This is exactly what we need to keep our spot over Stanford and MIT in innovation. Pithy, funny, witty. I mean, I would expect that from... Snark. Yeah. Something I would write. But what she then did... Like, I'm not mad at the tweet. In fact, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what, that's pretty good. Okay. I don't like it, but Clever, silly, making fun of it. I see what you did there. Little light in light of. What I don't see that she did next, it created a bit of a problem. Uh She fabricated. I mean, literally fabricated, created, had somebody else like digitally create this for her. Okay. Apparently a response, and let me be abundantly clear, a fake response. Yes. From ASU President Michael Crow, to which this fake response read... Delete that tweet. The coronavirus is not a joke, and we're working diligently to prevent it from spreading. And then, again, created another fake picture image where it said, Michael Crow has blocked you. So she she made this snark inflammatory tweet and then proceeded to come up with a fake story to follow it up to try to build it up the controversy but so then she follows up with guys stop replying to president crow's actual tweets Uh, please 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 stop ha 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 um stop tagging me because this was it was fabricated right but here's the problem with all of that well, the first original tweet, I find kind of funny. You know, the number one in innovation. innovation yeah, we're number of, one. Yeah, this is what keeps us ahead of MIT and Stanford, blah, 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 yeah. blah. I don't have a problem with that. When you start making things up yeah. to look as though someone has done something that they haven't done, you've crossed a line. And how many people saw the tweet, the image that shows that, you know, the apparent president of the With the ASU, little blue check mark. Yeah, um, told her to delete it. And then blocked her. They saw that, but they didn't see her confirming that this was a joke. Can I just point out 
that she is a sophomore. Is that correct? Or sophomore, yeah. <laughs> she is now... She falsely, wrongly fabricated a communication tweet from the president of the university that she's a sophomore at. That's like in high school making, you know, spray painting the, the principal's name on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, we did, how do you think this is going to turn out? Yeah, it didn't turn out so well. She had to meet with a bunch of people at the university <laughs> last people. week. Uh, her response uh-huh. to it. Just don't make the mistake I did. Photoshop tweets about the president of your university. Yes. Or you'll not be able to sleep for the night before your meeting with the senior vice president of student relations. Yes. Good, you shouldn't. But, uh, but, uh, but, but to, to bring this back full oh. circle... How many people at ASU or whomever saw that original tweet right. and didn't see the follow-up tweet? To and know don't that this know was anything about the fact that it was fabricated. And hence the reason why I had a long conversation with yes. my 10-year-old about people just reading the headlines, skimming articles, and think that they, they, they know exactly what's going on. Right. I read this stuff like days yeah. and hours on end and still don't fully know exactly what is going on. But I think I have a better command of it of most people, and that's what I was trying to instill on my daughter. Yeah. Unlike this young lady who doesn't. And you know what? Um, uh, Gatos and Chad are working on having uh, the president of ASU, Michael Crow, on today. I don't think they have a time kind of we'll find out from exactly yet. what he is. But, tweeting. but they're going to they're going to ask him about this. Obviously, we're going to need to see your phone, Mr. Crow. We're going to see what you're. It's not just tweeting. about this though. It's also yeah. about ASU's handling. And mm-hmm. I think like the 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 rock and the hard place at the university. Is I don't stuck know in what right you now. expect them to do differently. Uh, it strikes me that they're doing a lot of the things that you should be doing. Not just ASU, what anybody should be doing if they. There is a confirmed case and uh, et cetera. But who knows? You, you, you find out that uh, everyone has an opinion when it comes to this. Today is Iowa caucus day. It is complicated. Um, and will this narrow the field? Will the Iowa caucuses uh, weed out some of the weak ones? We'll find out. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. The Iowa caucus. Yes, uh, maybe the official kickoff of the run for the presidency is today. Dun, dun, dun. It's all just been speechifying up until now. It's, it's still been a lot of speechifying. Public opinion polls and uh, TV commercials and roadside signs. But we actually get down to where actual human beings will cast a vote. And by the way, even that is a bit of an exaggeration of exactly what happens in Iowa, where it's not like you go and put your in a ballot box or something. It's no, you actually see what your neighbors, uh, who they're voting for, who they want to vote for. And then it's like a show of hands. Well, you move to a a part of a room, right? And if the part of the room for the candidate that you go to doesn't have at least 15 percent, well, then you can vie to get them to come to your candidate. It's it's complicated. It's complicated. It's It's like a very complicated game of Red Rover, Red Rover. (laughs) Please send Bruce over. After months of campaign stops, commercials, and canvassing, Iowa Democratic caucusers will finally have their say tonight. And for some, it's not an easy choice. We do take this serious. I mean, like, I write notes and I, I, you know, it's an important job. Despite the issues at stake, many tell me that their top priority is selecting a candidate who can be Trump. That's it. Okay, you know you're serious if you're taking notes, right? You know, with like pen and paper, that's some serious stuff going on right there. Uh, Quick question, Bruce. Yes, I'm ready. How many people 
are still on, I don't want to say the ticket because it's Iowa, but you get my point. Are still in the race? In Iowa. How many Democrats are still running in the race in Iowa today? How many people do they have to choose from today? 15. 10. Oh, we're down to 10? We're down to 10. Oh, my God. Can you name them? <laughs> hold, I on, couldn't. hold on, hold on, okay, hold on. Start. Okay, okay, ready, ready? Sanders? Yes. Bernie? Yes. Warren? Uh-huh. Biden? Uh-huh. Buttigieg? Yep. Yang? Yep. Klobuchar? Yep. God, God, can't think of, how many do I have? One, two, three, four, five. I only yeah, have five. six. I, 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 have, you... I counted six. I have six. I'm thinking. Did you say Biden? I did say Biden. Did you say Biden? Okay, that, that was the six. Okay. I'm like, really? I forgot him. How about this? I don't. You want to keep going? Who's the guy? Gardner? Not Gardner. What's his name? Not Cory Gardner. It's the other guy. Let's go with this. Okay, I'm ready. Michael Bennett. 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 That's what I was thinking okay. of. Bennett. Bennett. Darn it. Darn it. You, uh, Tulsi Gabbard's still in it. Okay. Yeah, Deval Patrick. I would not have remembered Deval, who and, got in late. And how about Tom Steyer? I forgot the other billionaire. Yeah, but still. But see, I knew Bloomberg wasn't in it. Yeah, but still. Is that, I mean, at the end, you still have 10, which is a record number of candidates. And it's probably going to get narrowed down. That's what Iowa does is it kind of narrows it down. Maybe not too much. New Hampshire helps to narrow it down a little bit more. And then you get into Super Tuesday, and that's where it really gets gets narrowed down. But it, it kicks off tonight. Um, and I think that like some of the statistics, if you're looking back historically, how big is this? Well, in the last seven contested races for the Democratic nomination, five candidates went on to become the Democratic nominee after winning Iowa. Okay. Now, out of those, out of those five, only one had become president, and that's Obama. Hmm. Now, Bill Clinton didn't win Iowa, but he went on to win the presidency. Who did? I wonder who won Iowa. I'd say... Dukakis? Yeah. No, that was in 88. That was before? Uh, was I don't know. Bill Clinton running against? 90 okay. field. They had Iowa Senator Tom Harkin. Oh, well, it, they also that's had cheating. Uh, when, you put a, yeah. when you put somebody from Iowa in the Iowa caucus, that's cheating. So, the, the, again, this is happening. And I think one of the interesting things they're going to do, so you kind of made a mention that it is like a, a, a big game of Red Rover, Red Rover. Please send where, Bruce over. Where you're in the room and you stand in a corner with other people uh, who support Biden. And then the people that support Warren are over there. The Sanders. people that support Klobuchar. And if you don't have enough people in your group, 15%, you have to go and join another group Mm -hmm. that's a bigger group. And those other groups like make a speech or give you reasons why you should come over to their side. And and so it's, it's a game of Red Rover, Red Rover until you get down to these groups. So in the past, all we ever got was what the final numbers were. Mm -hmm. Something new they're doing tonight is you're going to see the, the initial numbers and then how the numbers change as they pay, play this game of political Red Rover, Why Red Rover. Why do we need to see that? Like, what's the benefit of seeing that? I think what you will be able to see is, I'm, I'm, oh, here's the only reason I'm interested in it. Let's say Deval Patrick. Where do his voters go? To what camp do they go if he doesn't get 15%. Like, where is the movement? Yeah. Who's your second choice? Mm-hmm. Who's your third choice? Do you see what I'm saying? And you might be able to find out, well, 
in that sense, you'll see where the movement was over the course of one night. Yeah, okay, okay, that's interesting because when you take a look at the the last election, when you're looking on the Democratic side of it all, you know, Sanders supporters weren't necessarily Hillary supporters, right. and 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 vice versa. If it would have gone that that route, um, can you see where candidates might be able to pick up? more supporters along the way by kind of targeting Wouldn't, wouldn't you think they would want to know that as too? Like, yeah. where where is my opportunity for growth? What group out there yeah. can I target? It's tonight. We'll have all the details tomorrow. Yippee! Also, tomorrow, the uh, President's State of the Union speech. There's a lot of political stuff going. Good. Then the impeachment vote is supposed Been to be on, on Wednesday. Wednesday. And Thursday, isn't there a debate? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so you're excited. Just make it end. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Yes, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Right? Apparently, the team from Kansas City, or should I say Kansas, won. (laughs) How am I supposed to know that Kansas City's in Missouri? Talk about it next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I'm going to assume that if you uh, are listening to our voices right now, you did not come down with a case of the Super Bowl flu. You did not have to call in. Boss, I'm not going to make it today. Super sick. I got a little something in my throat. You managed to make it in. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're one of the hearty lot. Millions of of Americans didn't today. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we have a Facebook Live up. Yes, we do. You can see the video of this actually happening. Yes, right here on the Facebook. And we're talking a little bit about the day after the Super Bowl. And it wouldn't be a Super Bowl, Pamela, without a hearty amount of outrage over things from commercials to the halftime show to uh, uh, the national anthem. Very little outrage over the football part. Well, because, well, you know, the football part was actually good. I thought it was actually good. Uh, but, you know, I think there were a lot of really good things mm. about this Super Bowl. Give me and, and, okay, let's the way it started off, for instance. The introduction. There was a, a little kid who was kind of in this lot, this, like, you know, lot where they play football, you know, kids playing to pick up games, so on and so forth. they do. And uh, he catches the ball and starts running through a bunch of cities that have NFL teams, right? And so he's running, and, and as he's running, you've got uh, people that, that are yelling at him. Take it to the house, kid. Take it to the house, kid. No. Oh. He's running. He's running. Where's he going? I don't know. Take it to the house, kid. So they run through different cities Literally. in America, and they eventually get to New Orleans. And the kid's running down Bourbon Street, tosses the ball to Drew Brees, who tosses it back to him. And then they get to Arizona, and mm. they get outside State Farm Stadium, and they see... A, sta- a statue of Pat Tillman. Oh, okay. And the kid stops. Stops. And just kind of looks up at Music it. And he's, and he's got the uh, the American flags and just kind of like nods his head and takes off running again. Here's what it sounded like. I thought it was a cool moment. I thought yeah. it was a great moment. Nobody can be upset at that. Yeah, some are. Yeah, some people like, oh, you know, you're exploiting Pat Tillman, and he wouldn't have wanted this, and his family doesn't want it, and rah, rah, rah. You you always find things to be outraged about. Were you outraged when they put the statue up? Yeah. The statue exists. They didn't create the statue for the commercial. The statue is there. 
if you woke up, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday looking to be outraged, uh, yeah. there were a lot of things you could have been outraged about. And one of the bigger outrages I've heard about the Super Bowl would have been the halftime show. Not the game, yeah. not the commercial. Always We're now talking about the halftime show. Oh, yeah, J-Lo. And Never the- before have I wanted a wardrobe malfunction so bad. Well, you know what? This was a pretty sexy halftime show without a wardrobe malfunction. No. Didn't need it. You didn't need it because there wasn't, in some cases, too much left to the imagination. And, <laughs> and there are a lot of folks out there upset about it. What was the one headline we had here? Where is Jesus? Was that the one? Yes, where's Jesus? Yeah, where's, <laughs> yes, we need that's Jesus. your response to the and halftime my was- show. You want Jesus to do the halftime show? Because that would be pretty amazing. Yeah, I'll give you that. With J-Lo and Shakira. Uh, I'd watch that for could sure. Could we get the dancing sharks possibly uh, while you're at it? By the way, can I also point out, of all the years not to have dancing sharks, with the whole baby shark thing, I was like, how do you not have this dancing sharks? Is, is, these are the deep thoughts going how through How come you don't have dancing sharks? No. Um, you know, I sat and I watched the halftime show with my daughter, Riley, who's 10. 10-year-old. Which led to some interesting conversations. About because, appropriate dress in public? I mean, well, I wasn't going to go there, but like I kind of let her, you know, start those conversations, you okay. know, and then I kind of gauge how much information and where do we go with this. <laughs> and uh, You're not going to give out any more no, than you have to. No, well, you, know, you take the temperature of the Absolutely. room. And, uh, and mom, what are they wearing? What are they wearing? Yeah, and uh, good question, honey. Um, she's like, she's not, she's barely wearing a bikini bottom. Oh. Yep, yep, that's about right. And, and obviously, she was talking about JLo more than she was talking about Shakira. But the conversation that then took place at How many an, an people thought home. it was Charo on stage with oh JLo? Gosh, nobody, nobody, because we're not 80. I'm the only one? Yes, you are saw that the video. only Charo, one. Charo did it first. Do not compare Gucci, Shakira. Gucci, 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 Gucci. Oh my gosh. Charo did it first. Do not put Shakira and Charo in not the allowed? same category. Please don't. Right. Just, just please so. don't. Okay. But, I mean, the conversation about appropriate attire, you know, we, we have conversations as adults as to what's appropriate as an adult and what's appropriate as a child. Like, children don't drink. Children don't <laughs> use drugs. Children Allegedly. don't drive. Okay. Children don't use certain language. Right. Those are adult things. Adult and this things. is how adult performers sometimes dress. Okay. This is what they feel comfortable in. This is what they feel confident in. And my daughter's watching it through one lens. Sure. I'm watching it through another one because JLo's 50. Shakira's 43. And these women were out there showing how hard they've worked on their body. And so there's a point where I'm like, I grew up dancing. I know what they did on that stage is super hard. And they killed it. They absolutely killed it. So... We had to settle a bet earlier today. Super producer. Oh my Stevie gosh, Z. you're not bringing this up. Super producer Stevie Z. Um, you had a debate in your household at the Super Bowl soiree. I'm going to turn my mic off. As to whether the pole that J Lo was dancing on, the stripper pole, let's call it what it is. Do all poles rotate on their own or are they fixed in place? See, that's the question I had, because I didn't know the answer to that. I, I noted that the pole was spinning. The pole itself was spinning, so and J-Lo was holding J-Lo on to it, spinning. and and she was the pole was rotating her. And so I said, oh, that's cool how they made the pole spin so that she spins, and right. she doesn't have to worry about that. She doesn't have because, to worry about the whole spinning herself. Because I'm not super familiar with how pole dancing works. If you sure. say so, whatever. For the, so, por- for the purpose of this discussion, we'll go with that. I assumed that they do the spinning themselves. They yeah. do normally. 
normally do the spinning themselves. And so I said that, and everyone that I was talking to was like, uh, no, uh, the poles just Everybody spin. in your household was arguing that every stripper pole spins on its own. And here I am. Like, like it's I, motorized. I don't know any better, so I was like, wow, I was today years old when no, I you found out. Yeah, no, you are not. It turns out that's not that it. Is, I, I was true. right the whole time. Bruce had to correct him on that. That is absolutely not yeah. true. Mm. No. Now, while I hers, believe it was hers did spin, yeah. it just makes it easy for you to, quote, spin on the boat when, when the pole's moving. Okay. All right. I didn't so think we were having that, that conversation today. today. I learned it twice. I learned it wrong, and then can, I learned it again. Can I just also, you know, while I have no problem with how sexy and hot, I mean, it was hot, that halftime show was, yeah. I did think it was kind of interesting that throughout all of that, we then bring on a children's choir. That was a bit weird to me. And I know I didn't know it was J Lo's daughter. Like I'm like, wow, this little girl got a heck of an opportunity, yeah. and she's killing it. Yeah. It wasn't until later I realized it marketing was marketing opportunity. Yeah, her her daughter. But yeah, the, the whole children's choir and all of this yeah. seemed a bit odd. But other than that, I'm like, eh, you girls killed it. And we all learned that the poles do not spin themselves oh normally. Normally. I think I might need to restore some people's faith in humanity. Without a doubt. You think so? Pamela says it's coming up next on Arizona's news station. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Pamela, I I spent the weekend up in Seattle. I was helping a a friend has a, a parent that's not doing well. But I did fly, and I did want to give you a little bit of a report. Okay. A couple of things. Uh, on my flight to Seattle, I had, I would say, how many people fit on an airplane normally? 200, probably. Let's go with that. Six wearing masks. Out of 200? Yeah. Okay. Six masks wearer. Uh, 3%. Yeah, not, how many? 3%. What's the percent? 3%? Mm-hmm. You did that in your head right now? Oh, my gosh. Wow. You are impressive. Uh, but I also noticed something else. I've heard a lot about, like, like people in Washington, the state of Washington, like a hardy lot. You know, it rains all the time. By the way, it rained the whole time. Um, it was 43 degrees. Okay? Middle of the day. I counted not one, not two, but four people walking around in shorts and a t-shirt. Meanwhile, I was dressed just slightly less than what Sir Edmund Hillary wore to climb Mount Everest. Well, look around the valley right now. I went out to dinner with my sister on Friday in Gilbert, and it was packed. I mean, packed. The snowbirds are here. And sometimes, you know, they got some telltale signs as to who's a snowbird and who's not. You know what I'm talking about. But you can also look and go, you're not from around here. Yeah, from around these parts. Because especially on days like today where, oh, I don't know, the high is going to be like 60. Tomorrow, the high is like 55. We're going down to the 30s. And there's still people walking around in shorts. Yeah. You're like, yeah. You're not from around these parts, yeah. but only only uh, only a handful of people wearing masks. Only a handful, huh? and in the airport, a few more up in the Seattle airport. Granted, I wasn't one of them, but I just wanted to report back what I had found that uh, I thought that uh, we are safe from the coronavirus up there. We might not be safe from Al Qaeda though in the valley, because count me as one that had to read the headline a couple of times. Because well, count thought- me as two. Okay, okay, you and I both, bud. Because I thought maybe I missed something. This was my favorite headline. He ran a Phoenix driving school for years. Feds say he was an Al-Qaeda terrorist in Iraq. One more time. One more time. He ran a Phoenix driving school for years. Feds say he was an Al-Qaeda terrorist in Iraq. An alleged Al-Qaeda leader was arrested over the weekend. And he has been accused by the Iraqi government of killing two Iraqi police officers in the town of Fallujah, Back in 2006. Yeah, okay. And he's running a driving school in Phoenix. Do you know how many parents, in in the west side, right? So, uh, 
How many parents right now are wondering if their kid was taught how to drive? Oh my god! By a former Al Qaeda terrorist leader. Right. Things that you never, you know, as a parent, you go on, you know, the BBB website, you check out Google reviews, you check out Yelp reviews. I bet you none of them said uh, suspected Al Qaeda leader in Iraq. Now, I I don't understand the Iraqi form of uh, jurisprudence. I don't know if you're guilty until proven innocent there. Uh, But uh, he is a 42 year old man, been living here in Phoenix, apparently for some years. And uh, he... uh, uh, is wanted to stand trial in Iraq for killing two police officers. Yeah, and they're looking to, you know, send them back. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's a very striking headline. Yeah. I, I get you're having to do a double take on it because I had to... The like, driving school part, I think, is what really threw me well, off. Well, I, I read the first article that just had, like, the who, what, where, why, when, how kind of facts of it all. And then I was looking for more information that came across the driving school. And I was yeah. like... I did not know that. Didn't no. see that one coming. Didn't see All that right. one coming. Well, it might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to hang in a handbasket. Pamela says she can restore your faith in humanity. Yeah, you know what? And I want to follow up on one of the faith in humanities I gave you. It was last week or the week before. This was about the uh, Motorworks Brewing down, Motorworks Brewing down in Florida that has been working with a local shelter and putting the images of dogs on their beer cans. The idea being that they're hoping to create an awareness and get some of these dogs adopted out of the shelter. Super cool story. It loved it so much. I love puppies. And so I brought that to you as a faith in humanity. Well, then we have this. The story kind of takes on a little bit of a different evolution as Monica in, uh, she's now in Minnesota, was scrolling through her Facebook feed and saw this story because a lot of people like me were posting it thinking this is super cool. And as she's looking at the beer cans, she notices a dog. And she notices a dog that looks strikingly familiar to her Hazel, uh-huh. her doggy that went missing out of their home back in 2017. Now, at the time, they lived in Iowa, and she looked at all this, the, the shelters, and she searched around for Hazel and, and, and couldn't find Hazel and eventually moved up to Minnesota. She went through the article. She found the shelter. She called the shelter and said, hey, I think that that's my dog. They ran the microchip. They found out that the dog was, in fact, chipped. It had Monica's first name and Iowa, but it had like outdated information, so they couldn't get in touch with her. But she was able to provide information and documentation that this is, in fact, her no. dog. So you got the community now working together to get Hazel the dog yeah. back up to Minnesota. They have no idea how the dog went from Iowa to Florida, but all they do know is that thanks to a beer can, this dog is going to be reunited oh, with its owner. dog went to Florida to retire, quite honestly. Too young to retire. Too young? Too young. Too young? Not yet. What about dog years? Yeah. I don't know. Eh. I've always said, too, that uh, if, if Pamela ever goes missing, we're not going to put your picture on milk carton. We're going to put them on beer cans because none of your friends drink milk. I think that that's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Pamela and I look through the double pane bulletproof glass. We've got DJ Tommy Two-Tone, Super Producer Stevie Z, and Bob McClay. Who will stick around? 